award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching and listening. we got a great for show for you today. I'm excited to have a, uh, a room full of guests today, so uh, we'll get to them in just a minute. First, I wanted to highlight our radio station. We're always thankful for our radio stations across the state who air the show. And uh, this week we're going to highlight WKRM 103.7 in Columbia, Tennessee. We appreciate those guys and gals out there. It's on uh, Saturdays at 11 a.m. You can catch this show. And uh, if you're trying to find a station in your area, visit tmwildlife.org. Click the Tennessee Wildcast uh, tab at the top under Stay Connected, and uh, there's a whole list there of 23 different radio stations across the state that run the show. You can hear us from Bristol to Memphis, so uh, we're all over the place. Uh, if you like to listen to podcasts, make sure you download the podcast or subscribe at iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. We're out there uh, on those platforms, and always remember to follow us on social media. Uh, we're posting out there as well, so... Uh, Let's get into it. Today's show, Call Before You Kidnap. I, love, I like that title. I'm sure you're curious about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, it's all about wildlife rehabilitation uh, and wildlife educators. So today we have with us Devin Blackburn from Lily Birds Wildlife. Hello. Thank you for being here. Glad you. Uh, Debbie Sykes from Nashville Wildlife Conservation. Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad you're here. And Mr. Rusty Bowles, Captive Wildlife Coordinator. He's a captain here at the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, and we're thankful he's here with us today, too. Oh, glad to be here. Keeping us on track, and uh, uh, it's going to be a fun show. I'm excited to talk about, um, you know, baby and orphaned wildlife, and, 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 and this time of year is spring. The babies are being born, and, and folks often wonder, what should I do with a, a, a baby or a, a small wildlife in my yard? What should I do to, uh, to put it back in its nest or get it back to its mama, or, or should I touch it at all? So we're going to cover a lot of that stuff today and, and dive into it. So let's, let's learn about you guys first, if you don't mind. Rusty, will you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself and who you are and what you do for the agency? Well, just a short, just a short uh, little, little thing. Well, uh, I'm Captain Bowles. I'm the wildlife, uh, captive wildlife coordinator for the state. So I actually issue the permits for the rehabbers, and I inspect their facilities, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Got that checklist. Oh, yeah, got a big checklist, real big <laughs> checklist. I just came back from some fabulous training at a national uh association symposium and i learned a whole lot of information up there awesome Just, it, it really blew my mind how much these ladies actually do for our wildlife in the state so that sparked a, an email to me and we got some things rolling and here we are today uh, that's right that's <laughs> right we need to educate the public we need to get this information out there it's uh, uh, they really know what they're doing they are the experts and we need to listen to our experts yeah Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's go down the list here. Devin uh, Blackburn, introduce yourself. Tell Hi. us about your facility and what you do. Yeah, I'm Devin Blackburn. I am a permitted rehabilitator with Rusty on yeah. the list. So I am the founder and director for Lilybirds Wildlife Rehabilitation in Nashville. And we focus mostly on urban wildlife, small animals. Okay. So a uh, lot of calls from Davidson County while the city's growing and, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. that creates more of a need so we're 
doing a whole lot of answering the call to the wild. Yeah. Yeah. So Davidson County mostly is where you're you deal with yeah. primarily there there's plenty there to work with mm-hmm. so we get surrounding counties all the way across the state but definitely davidson county well we're looking forward to the information yeah. you have for us today it's going to be good uh debbie sykes from nashville wildlife conservation tell us about yourself yeah. please so nashville wildlife conservation we're a wildlife hospital as well we also do a lot of education outreach so focusing on prevention but also, you know, just connecting people to these animals that they don't even know they have in their backyard. Mm. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Well, like I said before, it's it's baby season. It's spring. Uh, and we're seeing or will start seeing a lot of young wildlife in our in our yards and maybe in our flower beds and, and different places. So um, I guess we'll start off today with is wildlife supposed to be there? That was one of the questions that I that these ladies posed before we started and um, you know, you see them out there, and you think, "Well, this is my yard," or, or "This is this is not the woods." Uh, but are, are the animals supposed to be there, or we're we invading their area? But uh, tell us about that real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're adap- this is their only hope, right? We've kind of taken over a lot of their land in Nashville, so their only chance of survival is to adapt with us. So they've done that very well. We'll have squirrels in every tree in nashville every tree sometimes every attic yeah mm-hmm. bunnies yeah. <laughs> and you know turtles especially um just in people's backyards that they think they need to bring them and take them to the park things like that same with uh fawns just yes. all of these things are so normal to be there and there's often kind of a disconnect because you grow up learning about elephants and orangutans and all these different things but not the animals you find in your backyard so sure. people don't recognize oh it's normal for wildlife to be here. Yeah. I've intercepted and done some conflict resolution in surprising environments. Um, there was a daycare that got in touch with me because they found a bunny nest under the slide. Oh, yeah. So that was a very educational opportunity for that playground setting because the children need to know that just because it's there, it's not a pet. And also, we can work around this. And those babies have not been abandoned. That's how cottontails exist. So the mother, when we were on site, was on the other side of the fence watching everything we did. And we were able to point her out. And it was easily remedied with just putting up some cones Hmm. and having everybody use a different slide. A different part of the playground. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you saw the mother there watching the the young. and She was watching them. She was watching us. She was very aware and present. That's awesome. That's a great educational opportunity right there, I'm sure. And we get a lot of those, too, with raccoons in attics. Mm -hmm. And a a lot of the times what we tell people, you don't have a raccoon problem. You have a hole in your attic problem. They're just looking for a nice, safe place to raise their young. Mm -hmm. And so we can easily mitigate that without having to trap and relocate the mom and separate them from the babies. And we do a lot of that. Yeah, there are times when we want the whole family to leave, but we want to give them those choices and not be forceful and not create situations that are going to lead to failure, not success. Yeah. Well, at least me to my next question, should, uh, you know, people often wonder, should I go uh, do something with that animal? Should I pick it up? Should I touch it? And I was always that wise tale where you, uh, if I touch it, it's not going to, the mom's not going to 
take it back or it's going to reject that right. baby. Yeah. Touch classic. on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> that old tale with the birds. Yes. Yeah. If you touch a bird, the mom won't come back, but they don't have a great sense of smell first and foremost. And I mean, they love their babies just like humans mm-hmm. love their babies. And so that's another point trying to drive across is just because you touch it doesn't mean the mom wants nothing to do with it. Or, oops, my kids didn't know, <clears throat> excuse me, and yeah. they picked up the bunny and brought it in to show me. That's okay. Put it back. Oh, yeah. Put the bunny back. Yeah. And don't <laughs> take it to school and don't show it off to, to the family and friends. <laughs> it's not going to be a pet and it's not going to do well under your care. It yeah. needs its mom. Well, that, that brings up another point. Rusty, you know, you're not supposed to take in wildlife, right? It's, it's against the rules to take in wildlife into your home or, or have it. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Explain Uh, that a little bit. Well, in the state of Tennessee, you, uh, in order to be in possession of wildlife, you have to have either a permit or a license. If you don't have a permit or a license, then you're just violated the law by picking it up. So let's say, for example, I'm I'm in my backyard, and I have a box turtle crawling through my backyard, and I go pick it up. Technically, as soon as I pick it up, I'm in possession of that box turtle, so I violated the law. So we we don't want people picking up animals. We don't want it, one, for the spread of disease. Sure. I mean, you take a healthy animal and you think, oh, I'm going to save this animal and I'm going to move him over to this park where he can be free and happy and protected, but you just move that animal into a park that has disease. mm because you don't know that it has disease. Or you take a sick animal and you put him in the park and you've just made all the other animals there sick. So we that's the reason why we don't let we don't allow the public to transport and relocate wildlife. Yeah. Because the spread of disease and there's so many diseases out there, we could spend ten hours on disease alone. And so we don't want people picking these animals up. We, you, you can't take them home. You can't make them pets. Now, some people say, oh, online, I saw where squirrels and chipmunks are legal to own. Mm-hmm. Well, squirrels and chipmunks, raccoons, bobcats, as long as they come from a licensed propagator, then it's legal to own. It is a licensed propagator. They're captive bred. Mm-hmm. They're many generations removed from the wild. But... They're still the same as our wild animals. So people think, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Well, no, it's not true. It's not true. I've got several cases right now across the state that we're investigating. People having pets, basically. Yeah. And that's the one thing, you know, as soon as you imprint on that animal, it can't be turned loose. Mm -hmm. It can't be turned loose. If we can't find an educator or a zoo to take that animal... And it has to be euthanized. Yeah. And who wants that? No, nobody, nobody does. wants that. The, the agency is, uh, I guess, in that realm, short-staffed. Can't 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 supply that extra need that that those wildlife need or the rehabilitation side of things. So that's why we got these ladies and all the the list of people who help us take oh, sure. care of these animals. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I mean, they're they're a godsend. I oh mean, yeah. They help us tremendously. Definitely. Well, I wanted to show the website real fast. If you go to our website and tnwildlife.org, you click the wildlife tabs and scroll down to wildlife rehabilitation, rehabilitators and educators, you can find a list there. Um, it's the middle tab on that page. Um, now this is the this is the group of people that that uh, Rusty's 
uh, permitting and making sure it's checking the boxes and and it's they're a big help to, to what we do as an agency and we couldn't do it without them but you can search your county right there your region uh, and find a facility near you uh, to to help with legitimate orphaned animals or yes. things that you're having you know issues with in your yard uh, when it comes to that so when do you call when do you call a rehabilitator to come help or or take an animal if, if needed how do you know when to call there it's sometimes very niche very specific so if you see a fawn you probably need to leave it alone if you see a bunny nest you probably need to leave it alone unless the the fawn has an obvious injury or it's approaching you or if those bunnies have insects all over them and there might be one that hasn't survived or mm. there is excuse me an adult that has passed away nearby yeah. that could be a parent so we want to hear about those immediately. If you have some songbirds or raptors that are displaced, those are really, really specific. And we have people that specialize in those situations. So you would want to reach out to one of them. And we're all pretty networked. So we're, we're really good at making recommendations on who you should contact for your specific situation. Mm. Um, there are other species that we encounter that it is not normal to see them outside of a nest environment. And we want to hear about those, too. So skunks, possums, they are always with their mom. And if they're okay. not and they're beyond a certain size or not at a certain size yet, they probably need help as well. And gotcha. then there are some that you would want to reach out if you need guidance for reuniting them. So squirrels and raccoons, they definitely are one that we can successfully, more often than not, if there aren't injuries, get them back to their parents uh, go back to the birds i think about the the raptors you mentioned uh you know how do you um how do you know if it's not you can't get it back to where it needs to be because uh, is it a nest situation where you don't know where the nest is or how does that work with with birds there's different yeah. type like so they're going to nest in different areas sure. sometimes in the top of the trees sometimes they're cavity nesters so they're in a tree cavity okay. or yeah. something like that and sometimes they're kestrels which are mm -hmm you won't even be able to find the nest. It'll be on a building somewhere. And that's where having those specialized people really come into play. Come out um, and yeah, see. Yeah, they come out, yeah. uh, show you. And, I mean, if you're not sure, we're happy to take those calls, too. You know, mm -hmm. we love we love it when people call us before they touch things and they're just right. curious because that's an education opportunity for us, too, yeah. right? So we're happy to answer questions no matter what. And then not all rehabilitators work with all animals. So okay. that's another reason that we have so much strength in networking mm -hmm. so that we can know who does what and get the public to the right person. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> there are some situations with um, misidentification, too. So I have definitely had some bunnies come in that were labeled moles just because uh. they were found in the dirt and they didn't have any fur yet. <laughs> or baby <laughs> pigeons as bald, baby bald eagles. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interesting. So before you, and, you know, things like that, call us, and we can walk through it. Or a lot of us have phones that will accept a text message or an email that you can send a picture to. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So you, that might be something good to put on the website. You know, you could text or call if that's, if that's the mm -hmm. case. If, mm -hmm. if 
And there is an app as well. So as well as the website, it's Animal Help Now. And you can just go on and put your information on there. And that will tell you, you know, here's the person closest to you that specializes in that species, which is helpful. So, um, you know, with baby season coming up, we're going to be pretty swamped. Mm -hmm. And we do ask that people be patient just because a lot of us are, you know, I'm going to school and I work two jobs on top of everything. Devin works and does this yes. as well. And so sometimes it does take time for us to be able to get back to people. Yeah. And so in the meantime, you can just call all the different people um, while you're keeping the animal in a box in a quiet, warm spot. And leave messages. Make sure they know you have called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So that leads me to the next question I had. What do the public need to do with an animal if they can't reach a rehabilitator? So you've mentioned a box. Oh, great question. So it depends on the situation. Okay. If you're concerned, like a baby bunny nest, mm-hmm. and you just have a question, leave it there and call. Okay. Uh, and just wait for somebody to get back to you. But if it is a an animal that has fly eggs on it, right, so it looks like they have tiny little rice granules or there's bleeding or ticks or any type of insects, ants all over it, then... The best thing you can do is put it in a box and keep it in a warm, dark place inside. So if you keep it outside, more insects can get into it and things Mm. like that. So just keeping it quiet. You don't want to handle it too much. I know uh, we talk about this a lot, how people think that, oh, the bunny loves to be pet, but actually they go into the freeze response. And so they're actually in shock and it makes it harder to pull them through that than if they were just in a quiet box. And... They don't need to be fed. It's very tempting. They've probably been outside, maybe in the hot sun. You want to give them water. Not always appropriate. There are some situations where we have to administer fluids or medications by alternate routes than their mouth. So people can create more harm with their good intentions trying to do those things. And dehydration is easier to treat than malnutrition or pneumonia from getting formula or whatever they feed them into their lungs. So, Wow. A lot of good information. A lot of a lot of things you don't think about. Uh, you know, when you you see an orphan, say a, a rabbit or something, and you think oh, I need to give it some water and give it a carrot or some kind of you know some kind of vegetable or something mm-hmm. to feed it. You know. Um, the crazy thing is, I don't think uh, bunnies eat carrots. <laughs> they don't, they don't care for it. <laughs> Man, Bugs Bunny, uh, all mm-hmm. this time. <laughs> One of our other favorite parallels is ambulances don't go through drive-throughs, so. If they are critical and they have needs, the first stop isn't going to be a snack. It's, uh, it's yeah. going to be an assessment from a trained person and then decide what is needed. So, so if you can't reach somebody, leave a message. Uh, like you said, uh, depending on what the animal is, how to, t- how to care for it, hold on to it until someone calls you back. And you all have a great network, like you said before. I mean, that you all will call each other, connect, you know, and get the word around and mm-hmm. get the right person out there to you. That's awesome. That's good. Um, so let's go to uh, ways to prevent orphan wildlife. What's some ways to prevent orphan wildlife around your your house, your home, your your property? So there, <laughs> there it could are, be a lot. Are, there yes. are so many, but starting with um, what we see a lot of are pets, companion animals, cats and dogs. Okay keeping your cats indoors so that they're not preying on songbirds Mm. or finding bunny nests or catching little snakes. Any of that stuff is so easily remedied just by giving kitty a good quality indoor lifestyle. And that's uh, the number one reason we see 
date orphans. Yes. It's the number one reason we get them in. Really? Mm-hmm. Is the in- cat attacks. Indoor cats are a really big point for us because we can solve so many things by just that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have dogs, making sure that if you've seen bunnies in your backyard, if you know that there have been fawns in the area, leash your dog or supervise them when they're outside. But if you absolutely know that there's somebody there, leash your dog. Mm-hmm. It's temporary, usually just two weeks tops. The other thing we joke about is the bigger the dog, the more likely you are to have a bunny or a fawn in your yard because yep. to them that's protection. Coyotes and foxes aren't really coming in to your yard when there's a big dog, and so they recognize that. And a lot of people think, gee, what a dumb mom. Why did she do that? <laughs> yeah. No, she's actually pretty sharp. She yeah. only has to work around that one dog. Well, it goes back to that statement you made earlier about the the bunny on the playground. Uh, what does that mean? You know, the the fact that the mom feels safe that it's there. It's, she knows it's natural. Yep, she knew what was going on. She knew that those children and what their schedule was when the hours of operation were. She's doing most of her activity with her nest at night anyway, or right around the hours that they're opening and closing. Right. So. Easy to prevent in a situation where we have pets, but sometimes we have to modify when we have other life, so children. Mm-hmm. So working with your children so they know how to appropriately encounter these things, it, or if they do. So if you see a wild animal, tell us. Please don't touch it. Um, we don't have to put the spin on it. You know, if you touch it, the mom will never take it back because we know that's not true now. So just making sure that they have a good approach with handling that situation if it occurs um plants doing your yard work Uh uh-huh look before you mow please (laughs) so especially turtles bunnies one of the things we always ask is to mow at the highest setting Mm -hmm. Uh, because if you do accidentally run over a bunny nest you're not gonna hit one of the bunnies and you know accidentally kill one of them so uh sometimes what happens is you roll over the nest on the highest setting and the nest just comes apart, all you have to do is put it back together and the mom will come back. Mm -hmm. And then same with turtles as well. Um, You know, they've got their spine attached to their shell. So if you're mowing on a low setting, you're doing some spinal trauma Mm. versus a high setting where you might still do some damage, but it's not going to be detrimental. You're picking up sticks when you're walking through your yard before you mow. So just kind of rustle around, let everybody have a chance to leave. Or if you have grandkids, pay them a dollar to run around and look for (laughs) animals. (laughs) Or if you have kids, pay them a dollar. Yeah, that's true. uh, I actually raked some some twigs and and stuff up the other day because I know mowing season's on its way and uh, trying to get those out of the yard so I don't mess something up. But, yeah, it's a good time to, to check over the yard. Yeah check those areas I, that brings up another point Rusty you might have some insight on this as far as the turkey poults and you think about bush hogging fields and stuff too I mean it's important to kind of keep an eye on that and if they don't have to bush hog don't bush hog you know oh yeah for sure and and you have farmers that are bush hogging they're running over fawns yeah that's true. you know the fawns the mother's going to drop the fawn the fawn's going to stay there for a couple of days not move mm-hmm. so it's not going to move when the tractor goes over it so you know you, you're going to hit the fawn as well. You hear so, a lot. Yeah, of, yeah, there's a there's a lot. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of animals out there, a lot of wildlife out there that uh, when you're bush hogging, you are you're going to come across them. And there's better times to bush hog too, right? Like after you know late fall, mm-hmm. right? When you're not dealing with tiny fawns and turtles, they're brumating and 
Yeah. So that's usually what we recommend. And we've had a few people that started doing that after they found some injured turtles and killed a fawn. Burn piles. That's oh. another one. Oh, good. What's what's up? Fresh piles. So keep an eye on those or... or Try not to let them stick around for too long. Gotcha. Because then they become a perfect dinning site for a possum or a skunk or even a raccoon. But they will... Snakes. Snakes, yeah. They they will turn into their own little habitat. Mm. And you can move them, too. So if you need, to, if you have a big brush pile and you need to burn it, just move all the sticks and then immediately burn it so that you don't, you're not dealing with accidentally yeah. burning a bunny or something. So a little bit of extra work, a little bit of extra precaution, mm-hmm. but not too bad. Especially yeah. if you got those grandkids or kids that move the sticks, right? Yeah. <laughs> or if you're into CrossFit and you just want to get some more exercise, yeah. that's a great way to do it. Yeah. Um, I think about the... We we wanted to focus on rabbits and fawns and and birds today, but I think about the fawns and and the calls that we get and the pictures that we get of them like right up against the house in the flower bed, uh, and it goes back to I think yes. am I bit, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you know the mom knows that it's safe there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, there may be a bigger dog or something, but that's they know it probably because it's keeping the coyotes away and the other predators away, like you right. mentioned before. But don't touch it right don't right. Don't, don't mess with it <laughs> yes until you see those that, see that yeah. evidence right you're so lucky you can watch from inside your house out that window and probably see the moment that mom comes back and does a little nudge nudge and baby's up and they go back to what they're doing and mm-hmm. usually they're only coming twice a day so the other reason we get calls is somebody's been watching that fawn for six hours and they didn't see a mom so now they're worried but it's normal she's coming at dusk and dawn mm-hmm. and so if usually when people are not around. So if there's a predator hanging out, if we're like outside checking out the fawn, she's not going to come because she sees us and doesn't want to put herself and her baby in danger. Well, another thing too is they'll call you and say, oh, it's it's orphan because a mile down the road, there's a a dead deer. And it's like, no, just because it's a mile down the road, mama's a lot closer than that. Don't think that it's orphan just because you've seen roadkill deer. And think yeah. of how many you know? deer you have in oh, your yeah. neighborhood, Oh, too. yeah, big yeah. time, big time, big time. I mean, mama's close by, mama's watching it. Uh-huh. So, you know, just because you see roadkill doesn't mean that that fawn that's in your yard is actually orphaned. So, yeah, give the, ch- the mama a chance to come and take care of her baby. Yeah. Well, I know... We're going to get a lot of calls this this season. I'm sure we get calls all the time. We try to put stuff out on our social media and get the word out. We're going to be doing more of that this year uh, to try to uh, help landowners and and you know folks that, ha- that come across wildlife in their yard. And uh, so if you give us a call, make sure you 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 know take notes and then go to that website, go to that link, or go to you know Animal Help Now and find someone near you to. Um, that you could call and, and get that animal to, or have them come out and, and check it out. Um, I want to go back to the title: "Call Before You Kidnap." That was I, I love what how, how what you said on that, Rusty. Uh, uh, so don't pick it up unless you know for a fact that um, it it really needs help. Just leave it there. Call before you kidnap. I like that, Rusty. Thank you for pulling us together. No problem. I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for what you do, and thank you, ladies, for what you all do. Uh, couldn't do it without you. Um, our wildlife officers and our biologists do a lot here, but always that extra help is, is needed, so we appreciate it. We appreciate y'all giving us the opportunity to come on and educate. It's any, very helpful. Any final words? 
Call Tell, before you kidnap. Call before you kidnap. <laughs> call us. I think we've uh, we've hit that one. Yeah. So, oh, one other thing. A lot of this is on their own dime and their own time. You mentioned that before the show. That's right. That's right. So be patient with them. Be patient with them. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, uh, some of them have volunteers that might be able to come get the animal from you. The other ones don't. And they may have a house full of babies that they've got to take care of after working 8, 10, 12-hour shifts at their normal job. So be patient with them. Give them some time. They know what they're doing. Trust their knowledge. Yeah. Trust what they tell you. Awesome. Well, like I said, thank you guys for being on. Uh, we'll have you back. Uh, and um, just remember, call before you kidnap. Remember, tnwildlife.org to find that list. Uh, check out our web, uh, website at gooutdoorstennessee.com if you want to buy a hunting fishing license. And uh, this is Tennessee Wildcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.